Hello, this is Jeffrey Pettinera. This is Jessica Guzman. And this is Film Q, where we talk about the newest releases of the week and the questions on every cinephile's mind. This week, it's Mad Max Fury Road. And this is where I'm kind of annoyed at what, as a society, we've done to the word awesome, because it means, you know, full of awe and stuff, right? And you'll always hear people being, oh, this was awesome, this was awesome. It's always the most minor things. Yet you, then you come across a movie like Mad Max, which is almost the classical definition of awesome. We're watching it, and throughout the whole thing, I'm just like wide-eyed, ear-to-ear grinning, because it's ridiculous. It's a lot of fun to watch in theaters. It was so much fun. It's I don't want to make it like some sort of pun here, but it was like this huge ride to like go on, and you're just like watching every moment of it, and you you, you can't look away. It's it's already like it's an early year even though we're like almost halfway through it but on letterbox i already put it as my number one because one it concerns the themes that just resonate with me like the feminist angle of it we have just a ridiculous chase and it's ultimately about empathy and how you can't run away from these issues and you have to confront them right and everyone sort of has to help out but ultimately it's you know actually starting off what's amazing about it is that it's a mad max movie but they could have easily just called it imperator furiosa you really can't i i think it must have been like 45 minutes into the movie or so when like uh max actually starts talking or when he has any actual actions (laughs) yeah he's just kind of there and he's just like oh shit oh okay this is happening now yeah and he's in jail well not in jail but he's like a blood bag for the first 30 minutes Right, he's just there losing blood to... Nux, Nicholas Holt's character. Right, which kind of blew me away. I wasn't expecting to like him as much as I did. Yeah, he has a really good arc, which we're not going to spoil here, but he's... I did not expect the arc that we got from him, and I liked it, and it ties into that thematic uh, point that I was alluding to earlier. I I honestly think, uh, talking about like this for a spoiler or not, I think... Nux is the only thing that might be considered a spoiler. Yeah. Cuz there's not much else that goes on to the movie. You kind of with the with the trailers it's mo- economic in its use of plot, right? It, it's it's like, oh yeah, Furiosa takes property of Immortan Joe and or, or, or what he considers his property. Spoiler, it's <laughs> women. <laughs> well, I mean, that that's how he kind of portrays it. In, in the film, he's talking about, he calls it his property, uh, and then Furiosa takes them away and tries to bring them to a better place, and that's it. And then we have a two-hour, essentially, chase scene. Yeah, it's... Which is fucking awesome. Two, like, well, lines I, of setup, and then it's just chase, 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 chase. I, 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 well, I mean, even the, the opening where Max is, like, getting chased down by, by the war boys, and, like, it's, it's insane. Um... And it's just, like, so much fun. Like, it's such a clear... Like, you know exactly what you're in for just from that opening sequence because it's nonstop action. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, one thing I noticed early on, and I was keeping an eye out for it while I was watching, is in the destruction. This is where George Miller's a freaking genius. Every scene of, like, huge destruction, there's always a human body to contextualize it. So you'll always see a war boy or something flying from the, from the sea, hitting the ground... It's some there's always a human body present, so it it's never just chaos that you can't 
that's not grounded in any sort of human emotion right. you know what i mean right. even if that emotion is just utter pain <laughs> just uh non-stop bodies being run over by giant trucks and yeah such. exactly i mean even the scene in the trailer where you have that car going up into that sand hurricane or whatever and you just that one you just follow that one body crashing into the car where mad max is hanging off the back he's just whipped around yeah, it's just always there to contextualize, and that's what I find so amazing. George Miller, at 70, is making better action movies than, like, directors ha- not even half his age, like a third his age. Miller really knows how, like, where to put the camera and what to, uh... Knows to pull back. <laughs> yeah, instead of, like, all these super up-close and super cutty stuff, like... And to hold a shot. This movie... <laughs> lets you even though it's super fast paced and it gets your heart pumping and all that stuff this movie lets you breathe and lets the scenes breathe um even with all this action going on oh, i remember there, there was that there's that one shot and it's in the trailer as well where mad max is on one of those poles that dangles right and you right. see him come across the camera and the explosion happens in the back yeah and right after that it fades to black and i remember just having the most like incredible urge just to be like this movie is the best, right? Because you could feel it in the audience. Just everyone's like quivering in their seats because it's so good. I, I, I'm not entirely sure. I didn't speak to anybody in my crowd, but I don't know if my, the people I watched it with actually enjoyed it. Like it's it's weird because like nobody really reacted to anything except. Uh, yeah, I felt a few people were almost laughing at the movie, which is weird because the movie clearly knows what it's doing. Yeah, right from the get-go, you know that this movie, it's in its own world. And uh, I haven't seen the original trilogy, but... Which is rueful admission, I'm sorry. But that Blu-ray it. is impossible to find. It's super hard. Um, the trilogy box set, which is what I'm looking for. I've uh, So I don't really know the world, but like after watching just the first 15 minutes, I knew what we were in for. Like I knew the type of world that he was building. And every part of it like perfectly fit into it and there were there were scenes that matched what he was going for but then i had this guy in my audience who was just kind of laughing at it because i think might have been because he thought it was a little absurd but i i didn't get it I like didn't. you mentioned the scarecrow looking dudes yeah what I'm these, calling them. I don't know. He, he's calling them scarecrows it's <laughs> these people who on are like stilts. on stilts or something uh but it's cool i don't know it by that point that's not even the most ridiculous thing you've seen no. I mean, the one thing that there was one guy ahead of me who was like, every time he'd come on screen, he'd start cackling, was the guitarist on the on the hood of the car, which is with a flaming guitar. You want like you want to talk about absurd? It's absurd, but it's so but fucking it's, cool. It's yeah, it's so cool. And it knows what it's doing because then when he crashes, the guitar comes like front of the screen. Right, right, and it, like I think even though it makes the, no sense, it's just the best. You watch it in two D, I watch it in three D, yeah. and I know that's like the only scene that really plays as if yeah, like it really works for it. Like it's the the original idea of three D of like yeah. oh shit's coming out yeah. of the screen at you, but like I just I laughed at that not because it was absurd or because it's weird. It was just because like that that's clever, it's funny, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. I mean, ultimately, I think my audience liked it. It's just. I didn't. I mean, I think they liked it. I just didn't think they loved it. I didn't see them like actually eating it up and like being in love with <laughs> the world we were in. For but those then again, it's like not everyone's gonna be jumping in their seat, right? Like I was basically quietly clapping to myself after everything. But I, I was that person. Like I watched it by myself, and 
I was like kind of for some weird reason in my role there was like the left side was essentially pretty empty and the right side wasn't but that was true mine wasn't as full as I thought it was going to be but then again Pitch Perfect 2 came out this week and that has a huge yeah that has a huge crowd yeah Uh, I actually heard Pitch Perfect did more money this weekend than Mad Max which is well that's not a surprise not a surprise it's a little upsetting but I also feel like that's definitely the whole boyfriend girlfriend date movie thing but that's a, that's another story. Yeah, another question for the future. <laughs> um, yeah, what another thing that I love about this movie, and it, this is something I think I've seen. I've, I'm not as familiar with George Miller as I'd like to be, but earlier this year I watched Babe Pig in the City, and which, if I'm right, I haven't seen any George Miller films. I think this is my first, so I think you're ahead of me for by, that one. By one, but by with oh, Babe. the first Babe, he wrote it, I think, yeah, and produced it, so. Well, I've seen two I, babes and one Mad Max. Apparently, he almost did Justice League. Yeah, wait, and the oh, I don't remember the character's name, but she's the one that she goes on. Oh, she's under the car, but she's like very clearly could have been Wonder Woman. That was his plan to be Wonder Woman. Oh, do you know really? what I'm talking about? She has the black hair. Ugh, it's hard. To, anyway, I I don't really know. She was honest. a badass, and that is a movie we all missed out on because we're dumb and we only want grim and gritty and our superheroes for some reason we want them to be realistic even though that's they're f- literally fantasies <laughs> again that's a definitely a different story for another day that's yeah who knows it's just infuriating because you watch mad max Fury road and it's like you have color you have action legible action so much color this movie was beautiful i'm like and you look at the images like that are on, on posters and stuff and that does not convey the color in this film. They've desaturized those colors because it's vibrant, it's fun, kaleidoscopic almost. I really loved how like bright the day sequences are, and how like how warm you can feel it was, and then with the contrast of when they would go to night, and that blue, oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess it. It works, it works ultimately because the whole movie is colorful. But I don't know, lately I've been noticing day to night a lot. And it just struck me as that. But that's nothing. I, it's not I mean, it's not a mark against the movie. I think, again, it works because the whole movie is colorful as hell. But it's just something that initially I saw. I'm like, oh, they probably filmed this during the day. Yeah, and I, I mean, I kind of guess they would. I could be wrong. Well. I mean, he probably filmed that night. I don't know. I'm just saying. Uh. He, he probably did who's we're not sure but i still like watching it and like we don't the, do research <laughs> rarely rarely uh but there's like there's that one quick scene where they were all in the car and everything was like all blue and then uh some of the women in the back seat had like a lantern and they were like perfectly lit oh yeah, yeah. and uh, and it was like it's like the one light source right? like one yeah candle. and it like it kind of was uh and it looked exactly like it would like with their daytime lights or whatever so mm-hmm. it but to me, I, I like when there was the nighttime sequences. I was more excited for some reason because I just love those colors. Yeah, well, I mean, the explosions really pop. Like when they have they plant those mines in those cars, and it just it gives a it's almost a nice respite from the rest of the movie because the rest of the movie almost takes place entirely in daytime. Right. Which again helps with making the action legible. It's not always night. Even though I love Pacific Rim, every battle there takes place at night. Well, that's a Man of Steel is always in a cloudy, rainy day. <laughs> Pacific Rim, that's like more CGI based. Yeah, it was easier to to show stuff. 
Man of Steel was... Still love that movie, though. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Man of Steel is like a totally different story because... I don't know. If, I don't know if you saw the video that was coming up around lately, where like. Uh, oh, if Man of Steel was me. It kind of like makes me laugh because I remember seeing the set pictures of uh, Henry Cavill in the in the suit and how bright and vibrant everything was, and I was super excited. And I never really noticed that how like desaturated it all was during yeah. the film. It wasn't until that video that I was like, "Oh shit, that's right." Yeah, that's the one thing I hate about not hate hate's a strong word but one thing i just don't really like about that movie it's so grim and it's obsessed with exploring superman as this guy who's figuring things out even though that's kind of missing the whole point of superman where he's this ideal we're supposed to strive towards and i don't know maybe there is merit in finding uh the story of a guy becoming that ideal but at the same time it just if you're gonna make re uh, remake Superman essentially start from the beginning, that's not the foot you want to get off on. I mean, look at All Star Superman. That was a story in and of itself, the comic by Grant Morrison, and that sums up his origins in four panels, and then we just go, and he's already this idealistic figure, and then it's about the world coming. The arc of that story is the world coming to basically accept that for what it is. I'm a little tired of uh, origin stories. stories. Yeah, like uh, like sometimes we need them, but when you got big names like your your Batman's or your your Superman's or even Spider Man coming up soon, uh, like we know the story. I don't think we need to. Uh, for back back to Mad Max, there's the 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 opening sequences in where where he's like running through. I'm gonna call it catacombs. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like all these weird flashbacks of what I can only assume are characters from previous films. Yeah, I mean, it's, it ties into the whole economic use of like plot that I was referring to. Where this movie, it just gives you exactly what you need. You just need to understand, okay, Max is tortured by his past. That's it. That's his arc. Right, but like that's what like I'm saying for like as an origin story for this for for people like us who haven't seen the original trilogy. Where we came in and like right off those scenes, we're like, "Oh, we get it. He's damaged. Uh, doesn't have to have it tattooed on his forehead." Yeah. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> well, that's another conversation. So, um, doesn't he have something written on like a tramp stamp too? We're talking about the Joker, by the way, in Suicide Squad. The the tramp stamp isn't like it's a, it's not official. It's po- possibly a, a leaked, not a leaked pick, but a fan art. <laughs> but it's it's kind of funny. It's kind of clever, but uh, what damaged, or the tramp stamp? No, the tramp stamp, because like it. it what does it, it say? Uh, pudding. Oh, pudding. It, yeah. it, it says pudding, but at it's, least that's uh, it's, it's in keeping in tone of the Joker. Right, silly. but it's, and it's also but literally uh, writing Har- damaged on your forehead. It's also Harley Quinn who who's doing it, which is supposed to be, uh, if it if it were real, it would make sense why uh, she would put it. No, no, why why Joker is making the whole Home Alone screaming face. Because oh. she's doing the tattoo in the picture, so it will be as if the picture of him is being taken as he's uh, getting tattooed. Getting tattooed. All right. <laughs> the whole one screen your face. I didn't make that connection. Anyway, t- to tie this back into <laughs> Mad Max, the point is, the story it gives you, it briefly sketches everyone's 
uh, backstories, but and the the best story, uh, the backstory of the world. But that's really all you need, because all the rest of the uh, the plot point is played out through action, which is the purest form of cinema, right? Right. One of one of. It's the purest form, man. You have dr- drama. Yeah, it comes from the. Pl- I'm not gonna fucking explain this whole thing, <laughs> but I mean, like, what better way? What better fucking trait does film have than showing just showing you something right? well i mean yeah um there is a uh, smooth so, the reason our earliest movies were silent other than you know technical limits but well there, there, they with, with that there's also the idea of like if you had watched mad max without whatever dialogue there is uh you'd still have a pretty big understanding of what the film is ha- like going on in the film yeah i mean like if you I, I wouldn't watch it silent. I'd use I keep the score because the score is great with the guy and the he fucking that. guitar. Uh, yeah. He uses so that cool. one classical piece I love. Uh, I think it's called Requiem, Iris Vey or something. It's used I in knew. Battle Royale. I, would, I don't know. I if, have you seen Battle Royale? Ro- yeah, you I know what I'm Battle talking Ro- about. You know the one I'm talking I about. I think I know like I, I don't know the name for da, it. Da, 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 is it the one that was like in the trailer? Like right. It's my interpretation. Um, but. It's like the idea, like if you watch it without the sound or without dialogue, you still have an understanding of what's going on in the film. Exactly. Like it's not difficult because it ties the metaphor of the film ties everything into the action. You might have a little problem with uh, Immortan Joe or early on because you might not under like see because he half his face is covered anyway, so you can't really see like you only see. You only be able to see emotions through his eye. Well, I barely understood Immortan Joe as it was. So. Sorry, I barely understood Immortan Joe as it was, like dialogue wise. Right, which kind of like with, with but Tom, again, it worked. I got what was happening. I didn't think he sounded like Bane much. No, he didn't sound like. It's just he reminded me because like uh, Tom oh, Hardy right. only had like his eyes to like portray stuff, right? Oh, uh, for the, yeah, for like a big chunk of the film, yeah. Well, Cutish Water. <laughs> Mad Max is... I don't know if he was ever this crazy in the other movies. Uh, again, I I'll have to watch those. But he was ridiculously... Like, I didn't... I always thought Mad Men angry, but he's clearly insane. <laughs> well, the, it's weird because it's like... They kind of make reference to the fact that he's insane at some points in the movie, but I'm not entirely sure if... Well, characters maybe insane is a little strong, but he's losing his mind, essentially. No, they... Like, I, if I'm right, I, I, I'm pretty sure somebody called him insane in the film. Um, and it's like I'm not sure in one of those he, five pages of dialogue <laughs> yeah and it's clearly uh, obvious with like Furiosa who like asks him what his name is and he doesn't even respond so she doesn't know about him so he's not like a well known person so I'm not sure how it came across that he's insane but... <laughs> well I guess just looking at him that's true our introduction to him is eating a lizard a mutant lizard so we're gonna spoil a little bit whatever I, I guess some scenes that we can be called spoilers um two things I'd, i would like to touch on nux's arc which was uh totally blindsided me because I, I will he starts off as a villain basically and by the end he's assisting which right. I, I alluded to earlier i think which i um i'm glad to admit i may have got uh a little emotional <laughs> when he you cry a lot though <laughs> I, i'm a baby i'm a huge baby uh but when he like ends up 
essentially sacrificing himself yeah, for yeah. the I'm gonna quote the greater good. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> the greater good. I wanna rewatch Hot Fuzz now. <laughs> um and the other thing is it was kind of really interesting the fact that the entire movie is a chasing and then it gets to a point where the place they were going no longer exists, essentially, not as how she remembered it and it's they do a complete 180 and go right back where they started and then they just they're like oh yeah we need to go back to where we came from yeah and it ties into what i alluded to earlier this i should probably expound on it a little further where this movie clearly has feminism on its mind because one the whole inciting incident is that Furiosa is freeing these uh the wives of uh, Immortan Joe, who he sees as things because they write on the wall after they leave, we are not things and who ruined the world? It's men. <laughs> um, and so for a lot, for a lot, for the first half of the movie, they're running away, right? They're trying to find a new land and it's implied it's all women there because uh, when they arrive with the, they meet the Volvani, I think the Vovani, I think they're called. I'm not even sure. I didn't think I catched the name. Yeah, uh, they're all women, and so they decide that they're gonna try to cross the salt sea and fi- hopefully find a new land for themselves. But ultimately, they decide that there is already fertile land, and it's back where they start. It's just back completely to the yeah, it's, but it's completely uh, run by Morton Joe and his people, right? And if you notice, all the war boys are all men, and uh, all the downtrodden and all the poor class are all mutants and stuff. And so it's ties into this thing where the patriarchy is not something we can run away from, right? <laughs> it sounds so pretentious, but I mean, it's true. It's this issue that we have to confront and we have to try to fix, right? It's this it's the world we live in, and we can't run away from the world, right? And Mad Max is almost an unwilling partner at first, but ultimately he comes to their their aid, their side. But the movie ends with him walking away, and the final shot is Furiosa, because ultimately it's her victory. I really... It's women helping women. I really love that ending. It was a great ending. Uh, with that, also, like, it's very easy to... I, I wouldn't even call... Mad Max is one of the main characters, but I wouldn't even call him the main character of the film. No, he's just kind of... He's kind of the element that see ah, he sees Furiosa through instances where she would have clearly needed help but other than that it's her it's her journey all the way her and the four wives four or five wives five. Zoe Kravitz among them the other one one of them is from uh, one of the Transformers films I believe oh the the one that replaced Megan Fox yeah she did a better job in this though I haven't watched the Transformers movie since the second one Good job. <laughs> I have stepped with, I stayed with them. Just, oh, Michael Bay. <laughs> um, so ultimately, where do you fall on Mad Max Fury Road? I'm Clearly you liked it, but... I'm, I really, really liked it. I, I really want to watch it at least one more time in the theaters before it's done. Because uh, I'm at this weird border where I'm not entirely sure if I loved it yet. What? Yeah, I know it's really weird, uh, but it's like, 
I, I just really want to wa- I want to wa- be in that world once more watch it in 2D man I'm gonna try in 2D it was just I wanted to watch it AVX I just wanted to uh, catch it up I want to watch things on like a, the biggest screen possible when I first watch them so says I would prefer to yeah I mean for me personally I already mentioned that it's like my favorite movie of the year so far it's, the year is young we'll have more to go but It'll take a lot to usurp this film. And with that done, we'll go into our question of the, the, the week, which is, we have been struggling to find a way of putting this concisely, so I'm just going to put it in the most vomity way possible. Whereas if you had a person who had never seen a film in their entire life, what would be the movie you show them? Andres, what would it be for you? I've... Been thinking. I know about you've been this. racking your brain about yeah, this. Yeah, it's been a, it's actually like it was one of those questions where for me I had it like instantly, but you, we'll go with I, you first. You're lucky. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it should be this. No, this is good. No, this is good. Um, I think I'm gonna go with uh, Spielberg's Jurassic Park. Yeah, <laughs> he mentioned it before. Why Jurassic Park? Out of all Spielberg movies, well, I, don't get me wrong, it's a fucking masterpiece, but. I actually, it was like, even to just right now, I was, I've been debating about whether it should be uh, Jurassic Park or E.T. I haven't seen E.T., I don't know. I haven't seen E.T. Blasphemous. Let me walk out right now. <laughs> um, Whatever, man. Have you seen Bay Pink and City? I have not seen Bay Pink Exactly. That's not a, <laughs> sorry, George Miller, it's not that big a deal. <laughs> it is a big deal. Empathy. Go on. Um, I think, like, Jurassic Park just... Uh, has this whole sense of wonder that definitely is something that I grew up with going to the movies since a young age and I just love like if I can get that feeling for a film I I, I can be happy it's that sense of I'm, awe is what I was talking about earlier right Where right it, we use awesome awesome to describe <clears throat> oh my god Sorry, let me go get water. Pause it. Sorry about that. Professionalism. I just <laughs> uh, grabbed a cup of water, so I should be fine now. Um. Anyway, we were talking about that sense of awe. Right. And where it's just the, the, the like the idea. I I recently I've seen Jurassic Park time and time again, and then what was it two years ago when they uh, re-released it in theaters in 3D? Oh yeah, I went to that. Right, and I saw that in in, in 3D and. It was that for for my brother. He's always loved Jurassic Park. He, it's I think it's part of the reason. I don't know if it, that's the reason, but it's part of the reason why he wanted to go to paleontology for a while. Mm-hmm. But also, it was just he's always told me about how he saw it in the theater and how he was like in awe of it all. Yeah, it seems like it was a real formative experience for a lot of young moviegoers at the time because it's not he's not the only one I've heard that. Wanted to get into paleontology after seeing Jurassic Park. I have a friend who did the same thing. There's also other people online I've known. Right. So uh, I've seen it. I've seen it on TV, and I'm I love it. But I just never got that sense. But then watching it in the theater, and I don't even think it was the 3D part of it. I don't think that had anything to do with it. But no, it seemed, just disappeared after. It, a while. Yeah, it was just one of those like the, the that first sequence when you see all the dinosaurs just roaming freely and know eating leaves and such and it's just like they're they're real like you and that that's great cg work for 1993 or 92 when it was made Mm 
and it's it's and still it, probably like it's probably the best use of CGI still, right? Right. Well, th- back then, like they still had that idea of like we're gonna mix it into reality as opposed to uh, replacing reality. Right. It's like everything's on green screen yeah. now. Which stupid Lucas. Yeah. It's not all pin the blame on him, but yeah. Uh, well. But uh, yeah, it's definitely a movie I feel like you need to see in the theater because I had seen it I think bef- a year before they released it on my laptop, and I'm like, eh, it's a good movie, I like it, right? Right. But it just it doesn't convey that same sense of wonder. Like I then I watched it in the theater because it, it was my it's like my friend's favorite movie, and so he he needed to go see it, so I went with him because I again I was just like, eh, it's okay, yeah, you know, it's good. Then walking out of that theater, I was like, holy crap. I hadn't seen this movie before. Right, which reminds me, what movie did you pick? I picked 2001, A Space Odyssey. Which is the exact same story I <laughs> For me, no, I, it worked no matter where I was. I can watch it on an iPhone. Don't watch it on an iPhone. <laughs> Never watch it on an iPhone. <laughs> I can watch it on an iPhone and still be, like, enraptured. I still remember, like, uh, somebody gave me a DVD copy of it years, years back. Maybe like 2001 or 2011. Oh. <laughs> 2011, sorry. Um, and I remember watching it on my TV, or actually watched it on my laptop first. And I, I, I felt so bad because the entire time I was just like, "This is it. This is, this is the movie everybody's raving on about." Um, and then I got the Blu-ray, watched it on, on on my TV, and was like, "This is, yeah, this is awesome. This is great." But uh, seeing it on the big screen at 70 millimeter is fascinating. Oh, I mean, you fall into the movie. You, I don't think I've ever seen any movie like that. No, that's, I mean, and I should get into why I picked 2001. It's because. Yeah, I'm not making story, an argument for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you're kind of on my side now. Um, so I've already won the episode. Thank uh, you. Goodbye. Work like um. <laughs> For me, it story time. It came at the crux of when I became a real like film goer kind of thing, where I had bought it because I had heard so much about it. It's like the greatest sci-fi of all time. So I'm like, okay, let's check it out. And I hadn't been watching movies as religiously as I do now, but I had like always liked movies. But after I had watched that, it's this transcendent experience that. All of a sudden, after that, I became who I am now, or like a fucking the caterpillar version of what I am now. I'm still in my cocoon phase, uh, <laughs> but it opened up this new world of what movies could be, right? And it ties in beautifully with the thematics of the film, which is about transcendence, spirituality, and essentially this rebirth imagery, right? And for me, if I'm gonna show someone what films can be, what films are, then I'm going to show them 2001 because it ties in beautifully with that sense, that real world narrative of this is somebody who has never experienced the medium. And so now they're going to essentially be transcend who they were before, which is almost this really aggrandizing view of film. But ultimately, I feel that's the role of all art, right, is to open up our minds and that movie almost literally cracks your skull open and opens you up to the world. I just... To the universe, fuck. I think I can agree with 
I can agree with most of it, but my only issue with why I wouldn't choose somebody, like, choose this as a film for somebody's first film. It's a little opaque. Yeah, and it's like, what, like, I I can't, I, as much as I love it, I can't blame somebody if they're watching it and they're just like, this is boring, like, they don't <laughs> get it, like, because that's, unfortunately, that's how I felt for most of my first viewings, uh, and that, like, that was me when I had watched films most of my life up to that point, and... So for somebody who's just like this, this, this is it. Like just a lot of long shots of no talking and random things. <laughs> oh, that's Ex- fucking Darth Vader, but yeah. Exactly. Uh, but it's like the like the great. Uh, how long is it? Fifteen, twenty minutes of the before dawn sequence. I think it's like 20, 20, 20, 20 minutes. The, the, the opening sequence with like with no dialogue. The dawn of man. You mean. The dawn of man. Sorry. Uh, well, when was the last time I saw it? January. I need to catch yeah. that soon. Uh, yeah, I saw it in seventy millimeter a second time. Yeah, earlier this year. Uh, yeah, I and I'm always learning, like learning new things about that movie, like discovering new things, like that rebirth image I was talking about, and the the sperm shape of the the spaceship. The, no, the spaceship. Uh, fuck, what's it called? Discovery. The, the discovery. Oh, right. looks like a spermatozoa. Cell and going into fucking Jupiter, which is the most uh, fucking egg. He's making symbols. Yeah, his hand. fuck. Well, I'm like struggling with all my words now, but yeah, you know, it's beautiful and it ends with the re- uh, he's reborn, right? Literally as a star baby. Right. It's just I I saw that on the big screen the first time. I think it was early November, and um, the two actors from the, the film were there and they, they had like a question and answer period afterwards and one of the things I, I always remember was I was supposed to go meet somebody and I really hated it but I had to I was I was getting ready to walk out to meet them because I was already running late and they were asked by somebody in the audience was like did uh, Kubrick ever explain to you guys what the answer was like what the ending of the film was mm-hmm. what it meant and I remember I was about to get up and leave and as soon as the question was asked, I was like, I am not missing this out. So mm-hmm. I like sat back down and listened to them. They they gave no answer. I was yeah. I was a little upset. It was it was like something. But I mean, I feel like all the Which, answers in there. I'm it's... not upset if there was like I, I think I might be a little more upset if it was more definitive because it definitely makes you think. Which is the kind of the problem with the book. Like I love the book also. I don't know. You have probably haven't read it, but I have not read the book. Yeah, it's almost it explains everything. And what I love about the movie and why it works as cinema is because it doesn't explain anything, but you feel it. You feel what everything is. So I remember when I took my friends to go watch it, and they had never seen it before. And afterwards, I asked them, so did you get what was going on? And at first, they were like, eh, I don't think I understood it. But I'm like, okay, but what did you feel? Like, there's that the Stargate sequence when they, he arrives at Jupiter, and it goes into that, like, 15 minute long impressionistic sequence right and i told him okay what did you feel during that moment like uh you know i felt like it was alien or whatever that i was exploring like new areas or whatever like that's exactly what's happening right it may may not literally happening on screen where you're seeing like these alien plants even though you sort of are you still get that feeling that you're traversing the universe the galaxy right you're your mind is being expanded beyond your what was previously a limited scope, right? And so they they got all that. They just didn't trust their own instincts. 
and this is why I just love it is because it all lands on this intrinsic level it's all in like even though you may not consciously be aware of what may be happening you'll always deep down understand it and that's why I feel like the film works beautifully and why it works as a first time movie going experience <laughs> right but I mean does your movie bring back dinosaurs from the dead no almost I mean it goes a little earlier than that oh sorry not sorry I can't oh fuck no, sorry. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I have my timelines mixed up. We we have like real. I'm not this dumb, I promise. <laughs> Go on. We make mistakes. Uh, <laughs> there are dinosaurs, and like they're designed realistically. They, uh, I mean, well, they they behave as we assume they might have behaved. They don't have feathers. Real T Rexes had feathers. Oh, well, whatever. <laughs> so don't put feathers on your T Rex. Um. <laughs> But with, um, there's the, I don't know if you've seen some of the new, like, the trailers for Jurassic World, where they talk about, uh, about how they had to build this new, they had to design a hybrid version of a new dinosaur. Because new attractions brought new, uh, more people. And Chris Pratt turns around and is like, there's, there doesn't really need to be a wow factor. It's, it's dinosaurs. is isn't. That should be enough on its own. It looks like it's building to some sort of commentary on genetic modification. Right. Uh, I'm excited for Jurassic World, and I'm, but I'm also a little bit nervous. I really love uh, what the director did prior, which was, I believe... Colin Trevorrow? Right? I have no idea who he is. I'm pretty sure he did, uh, he, he did Safety uh, safety Not Guaranteed. Oh, is that the guy who's like a time traveler? Yeah. I have not seen that. It's Aubrey Plaza. It, yeah, it's great. It's uh, it's it's weird, but it it it, it it's this weird thing where um. Where like these these weird these, these small indie directors are now doing big. Yeah, they get films. like because because uh. There's no more like Steven Spielberg where you tough it out in TV for like years and then you finally yeah, get a chance. I I I can't remember the director's name. I think it was Jordan something who did uh kings of summer which yeah. was which is again another one i haven't seen it's hilarious and it's great and it's those movies with like child actors that surprise you that are, are awesome which is another good thing about Jurassic park that you have child actors that don't make you that you don't want to kill uh <laughs> you want them to survive exactly but so he i always remember the green jello for some reason from Jurassic park one thing i always remember is the green jello Green when they remember when they get to the buffet and they're eating, I think she's I about to eat green Jello. This. It just always looks so delicious to me. I love Jello. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, the director who did <laughs> King of Summer is now doing uh, the next King Kong film, I believe. Skull Island. Skull, Skull Island. I'm yeah. not. I don't understand the connection. I don't see what the studio does, but you know, more power to them who gets to do like. I think what it is is that they have a lot of previs already done, and they get the actor, uh, the directors to work with the actors. I don't know. It, it it makes me nervous. It makes me excited. I mean, hopefully he still gets his vision across. That'd be hopefully. great. Um, but back to like Jurassic Park. I can't. I wish I can do uh, a Jeff Goldblum impression. But <laughs> I'm not even gonna try. Oh yeah, I just I'm, embarrass ourselves. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> a good impressionist. But his scenes in this movie are so. Oh, he's amazing good. in this movie. And the problem with the second movie is that they make him the main character. 
but he works so good as just the side character who's like he's almost like the jester in king lear where he comments on like he's essentially the audience cipher like he's right. our cynicism but eventually where he's won out right he's taken hold of uh, the wonder takes hold and yeah spielberg i feel like we're coming at the ascent essentially the same angle where we're for this first time hypothetical first time viewer we're getting a, we want them to experience this sense of wonder that films yours is more i guess pulpy well i think that that that's part of the reason why i my other idea of what it was, was also et was because i'd uh i i i guess i can't picture somebody around our age because i feel like if i it was one of those maybe i would have gone space odyssey but i can't picture somebody our age not watching a film so i want to pick something a little more childish and wonder something a bit more so you would imagine you imagine this person as a child not not like like a young teenager sort of thing but like somebody like they they, i wanted to watch them watch a film uh with like children's eyes and like see their sense of wonder because that's that's the whole one of the reasons why like i got into film or like love film i should say is because that's how i felt watching some of those movies I remember watching the original X-Men trilogy in the theaters and uh, they have issues looking back at them, but I remember watching them and just being in awe. Like I remember like seeing how cool it is. Grew up watching the the animated show and to watch those characters, it was, it, it was like that, that's the, the feeling I want to give you, somebody. For. Do you remember your first movie? Your first movie going theater? experience? Yeah. Cause this would be a good Oh man, uh, I, I can. We've talked about it. I don't. I can never pinpoint which is which, but it was uh, which which is which. The one of the Batman films. Oh, the one with Bane. I think doesn't Bane isn't Bane in both, but the no, one with Two Face. Uh, no, he's not in the one with Two Face. Uh, he's he's just in the one with Poison Ivy and Mister Freeze. I think that's Batman and Robin. Um, we always confuse Batman in Robin with Batman Forever. It's regardless, they're sort of interchangeable. <laughs> yeah, they they don't. I don't care for them anymore. <laughs> uh, that was your first theater going experience. Yeah, that, well, I mean, that was the first one I remember. I don't know if I've seen any before that, but that's the first one I remember because I remember watching it and being like, "Remember, I was a child. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I was a, a, at most seven years old during this time." Uh, so I, I liked the movie and where it was going <laughs> for some weird reason as a seven year old. And, but then like, there, I, I remember I was scared shitless of the Bane sequence when he was first being created and I had to run out of the theater. And I, I always remember that that's my first, like big... your first tear shed for me. <laughs> no, I wasn't <laughs> <Someone> in fear. <laughs> I, I just remembered that was the first like movie experience I had. I can't remember mine. Like the earliest one I can remember, like right now, is probably Small Soldiers. It was for a daycare field trip, <laughs> and I got pink eye. <laughs> oh man! Because we were like sitting I up said, front I had row. Chess for that film. Yeah. I I love. I used to love that film. I, had, I, don't, I have no idea if that I film's remember, any good. I've seen a few movies front row. Uh, I saw Stoker recently front row, and I I need to see that better. Cause yeah, you do. Uh, that movie's beautiful. Uh, I saw. How the Grinch Stole Christmas in the front row, 
I remember seeing that with my cousin and my uncle, and I remember that being a fun time. I also mm. saw Pan's Labyrinth in the front row. <laughs> uh, I went with my dad. We're at when when that came out. I must I must have been like around thirteen, and I was not familiar with Spanish as much as I am now. So like. <laughs> Being in the front row, I still had to read the subtitles, and my neck hurt so much because I had to look at the top, then the bottom, then the top, then the bottom throughout the entire film, and it's a bit talky. Not I love the film, but it hurt my neck. Not a good front row experience. No, not a good front row. I recently saw it uh, this year back in the theater in the middle, mm-hmm. and uh, oh, it was it was great. I watched them. I haven't seen it in theater. I only watched it on Blu-ray like last year, but um. Ultimately, I don't even know if I would, that would be going back to the discussion at hand. I don't even know if that would be the Steven Spielberg movie I would choose. I think I'd go Raiders of the Lost Ark, or maybe even Temple of Doom, because that one's like a straight roller coaster ride, beginning to end. I have not. I've seen two out of the four Indiana oh, Jones films. I've seen the first, and I've seen the last. May I also one. know that he has not seen the entire Rocky series. I want my Blu-rays back, <laughs> so you better finish those. Two out of six. I'm on my way. Um, I, I I can't comment on Indiana Jones because I only recently. I I saw the the fourth one in the theater when it uh, during its run. I wasn't really excited for it, and I guess that kind of tampered with my whole idea of what Indiana Jones was, and I just didn't. Yeah, you saw King of the Crystal Skull. Yeah. I oh saw God. it in the theater. Yeah, exactly. Like that. <laughs> like imagine that. Like imagine uh, telling somebody, he's just like, you should watch the Dark Knight uh, trilogy, and then giving them Batman and Robin or Batman Forever. It's just like, no, I'm who's taking a beating? This <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> uh, so I, I saw I saw Raiders and loved it, but I just like I had no rush to like pop in the second one. I, I oh my god! I know. I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to lend you those after you finish my Rockies. Well, no, I have them. You have? Them? I have them. It's even worse. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I pop have, them in. I have a lot of movies, and like I always, I always tell myself, I'm gonna watch this, and then the day of, I'm like, I don't feel like it. I'm gonna watch something I've already seen for whatever sixty times. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll throw this back to you guys now, with two people listening to this. <laughs> Mom, Dad, thank you. Uh, <laughs> they don't care. Um, we'll ask you, what do you think should be the movie that would break a movie virgin's cherry? Which is the most vulgar way of putting it. But, yeah. And if you think it's also, you might have your own choice, but because I have an ego, I want you to tell me if I had the better argument than Andres. <laughs> I mean, like, that's not fair. Because I kind of agreed with you for most of this. Thank you. Thank you. It, I, I was not aware that this was a competition. <laughs> Of course it's a competition i thought it was just a debate one v one we have future episodes plans where they're literally literally competitions yeah and, and i think it's three on one <laughs> i won't spoil what the topic is yet but uh, uh you're gonna get wrecked no. not only because it's three on one because you're in the wrong no uh, i am totally right anyway andres so yeah uh post your answers wherever the hell uh this would be a good time to plug our twitter uh yeah we're at the film queue and there there's also the link to our soundcloud where you'll be able to listen to us um we also have letterbox which we're using to f- and foregoing our twitters because 
they're linked to in our letterbox and plus you can follow all the movies we watch my thoughts on each one even though sometimes they range in in length anyways my name is jeff pet on there j-e-f-f-p-e-d all together uh and you can find me for letterbox at pocket writer uh one word all right uh andres what's in your film queue tie-in for this week i'm gonna try and catch uh pitch perfect 2 as soon as i can like literally as soon as we press stop on this (laughs) uh, maybe if i can we'll see um also i'm gonna try and revisit i don't remember the last time i've seen it uh the sound of music um i'm not entirely sure what else i'm planning on watching today or this week it's gonna be a bit of a surprise uh i will be watching i have a few things i want to study happy-go-lucky for something i'm writing oh i'm a writer uh also you lent me the seventh seal so finally get to watch oh that's a classic that's so good and in keeping with my trying to get through all of steven soderbergh's filmography because as you, sh- you should know going into this he's one of my absolute favorite directors so i will be i will be watching the informant and after that i have a lot of movies in my queue so i'll just stop at when when do that when do we not like it yeah. never ends which is exciting but it's yeah. also hurts our wallets so yeah much. <laughs> um next movie i'm going to the theater to see i actually i'm not sure next week maybe roar roars the draft house film released it's a movie oh. from the 70s i don't know if you've heard of it but they've used actual lions it and they're not so much fun and i'm really upset because every uh every theater that's the thing the you're only... not gonna be able to go with me I'm so gonna fuck it. To, i'm only, gonna go by myself the only if I have theater to. that's showing it here in toronto is the royal which, I'm, by the way, go to. I'm not great able to go cinema. to any of the screenings, <laughs> which is upsetting. Oh, that movie looks hilarious. But maybe next week we'll do uh, Tomorrowland. Oh, for the next episode? Uh, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully we can get it for next week. We'll do Tomorrowland because I think that's the big release. Uh, there's Tomorrowland and Poltergeist, but I... I haven't seen the original. I'm so bad. So many, like, gaps. I've seen like... the original, so, like, maybe we can... Yeah, have two different sides of it. Right. Like someone who's never seen, someone who has. Um, so yeah. Hopefully we can do Tomorrowland. Uh we'll be asking for our question is who would make up the Mount Rushmore of directors? We'll come up with some sort of uh rules about our whether or not they're our favorites or I'm actually gonna I'll go more into detail next week, but I'm going right. like very like Technical? Sticking to the spirit of what Mount Rushmore means for each president on there. So I'm putting a lot of thought. I've actually been thinking about it on the bus ride yesterday. Well, that, that, that's why like next week we'll, we'll state our rules before going into yeah. what they are. So until next week, please consider the question. I'm Jeffrey Pettinero. Uh, and I'm Andres Guzman. Thank you for listening to Film Cue.